Are you fascinated to hear Indian rhythms? And do you want to know how you could transfer Indian rhythms onto Western drums? If your answer is yes, this episode is for you. Welcome to The Power of Rhythm, a podcast with your host, Reinhard Flatischler, around the one thing that connects us all. Rhythm. Hi, and welcome back to the Power of Rhythm podcast. I'm delighted to talk today to a world-renowned drummer and percussionist who has actually Austrian roots. And as many drummers before he went to India to learn the complexity of the system also called the Tala system but different to so many others. He did not just learn the tabla or the bakabaj or the meridangam, which are drums from India, but he transferred the complexity of these Indian rhythms onto the Western drum set. And he did this under the guidance of his teacher and the Indian master drummer, Talyogi Pandit Suresh Talkavar. So with that, he created a real unique new drum style that make him absolutely a fixed point in the today's world of drummers. Today, he's my guest. Welcome, Bernhard Schimpelsberger. Thank you, Reinhard. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to meet you. Likewise, my dear. And so let's right go into it because there's so much to explore. I know you have been in Brazil and you actually are very multicultural, so you know a lot of different drums in this world, yet you made one statement and I quote you. You said, Indian rhythm is the most profound rhythm system in the world. Now, can you explain this to us? Why is the Indian rhythm system the most complex or the most profound rhythm system in the world? Why do you see it like this? Yeah, well, I think uh, one aspect that's really unique about Indian, or there's, there's a couple of very unique aspects. The first thing is, as you already mentioned, the Tala system, where there is 108 different time cycles and to play not just in four or in, in, in three and four and then six and eight, but then to be able to play in any time signature, whether it's an 11 and a half or a 17, uh, that's, that's part of the Indian repertoire, which makes it so complex. And the other aspect really is language. Um, there is different languages in India, different dialects. They come from different drums or different art forms. Um, but because of that system of language, uh, you know, the, yeah, there is, a, there is sort of an infinite amount of possibilities of how you can combine rhythms and how you can create rhythms. And, and I think that is something, the kind of the methodology that exists in India mm -hmm. regarding those aspects mm -hmm. is totally unique. Okay. And here comes one problem that someone faces. Now, the drum set is polyrhythmic and polyphonic. You have four layers happening at the same time. With the tabla, you have the tabla and the maya. There's two drums, you can only make two sounds. You can combine them, but how do you cope with that, which is quite different, the drum set and the Indian drum types? 
Well, it's fantastic that you're hitting the you're hitting the nail on the head, as they say. This is one of the the big challenges, really, because the Indian system mm. is a linear system, and you can only have two sounds at the same time, really. Um, but on on the drum kit, you have this polyrhythmic influence, which is an, which which in essence comes from African rhythm. So, I I cannot give you one answer uh, that <laughs> that there is one solution, but. I think this is part of the of this lifelong process of of trans of translation, let's say, you know, where for each rhythm you're always trying to find a different kind of a balance. And it's sort of roughly this talking about it, I'd like to call it the literal and the abstract. So if you take a rhythm from India and you transfer it in the literal way, in a very systematic and a very disciplined way, then uh you will get a certain result. And then if you go to the other side of the spectrum where you take a lot of liberty and you maybe only take the concept, then you will get a more abstract or more contemporary result. And for each rhythm, in a way, you have to define yourself, you know, where do I want to be on the scale? Do I want to be on the right, on the left, or somewhere in the middle? And and the, the journey of learning still goes on. Yes, and of course, if you want to create something new, which I think we both have in common, when it's just in wanting to let, translate literally one thing to the other, because then you could just play tabla. Uh, you're creating something new, and uh, certainly when I hear you playing that is a very new drum style, you know, and that's what uh, this episode is so fascinating about, because, you know, there are so many drummers out in the world, you know, the drum, everyone, I mean, much, much many, many more people play uh, a drum set than percussion. And you are a kind of mixing it together. You're, for me, you're like a percussionist and a drummer at the same time when I hear you. And you have something that I have not heard anyone in Europe master, maybe beside of Flor Kotler. Uh, you are so eloquent in reciting the rhythms how did you learn this did you learn it in south india and north india or because they're a little different right there that's south right yeah. Kind of yeah both the systems are a bit different well my my guru you already mentioned his name pandit suresh tarvalkar um he's actually a tabla player and he so he's based in the north indian system but he was a pioneer of bringing south indian rhythms into north indian Uh, tabla mm -hmm. playing, you could say. So from him, I learned mainly North Indian, which is based on the language of the tabla, but then also a lot of South Indian. And then I I had a few teachers in the South. So I traveled to the South for a few weeks uh, and and I had a teacher in India, but those were not gurus. There's only the big distinction there. It was not one person that I would dedicate myself to for many years, but it was going to different teachers and mm -hmm. learning. And when I moved to London, I had a great South Indian experience because I started to play in all the Tal Vajakacheris, which are the percussion concerts. Yeah. And, yeah. and I always ask them if, you know, each time to teach me some new concept or some new composition. And then finally, for my master's thesis, I took a very old Carnatic book, uh, which, which I translated and sort of uh, abstracted for Western musicians. And that was really sort of the hardcore system of Carnatic and how you think and how you count and so on. So all of those things together in a way, you know, inform, inform my understanding, let's say. I think at this point, people 
who listen to our podcast are quite curious how that would sound, and I think that's the moment where we should give them the chance to listen to that, okay? <laughs> Now, there are two more questions I have concerning the Indian um, learning process. When you learn tabla, every sound means a particular 
movement on the drum. If you say tun tun it means tun tun Every tabla player would know how to play that. So how can you transfer this on a drum? <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where the fun starts, and that's where the translation, uh, the frustration starts as well. You know, many times over the years in India, I said to myself, "You cannot do this. You got to stop this. It doesn't make any sense." You know, um, but wow. mm-hmm. but of course, you you do get you know also rewarded in other ways. So it's all about your. I think um, this was also one of the reasons why I wanted to also study jazz drums and really be connected with Western music, and why I didn't actually live in India as a professional musician after I finished my studies I moved to London where I felt oh there is a there's a really high level of western music and I'll be challenged because if I went to India you know obviously the drums I could do whatever I want pretty much in terms of the reference to the western style so I think the more you know about your own instrument and the history and where it comes from and the different styles in a way the different forms that the instrument has to cater to and express, the more choices you have. And that's why in terms of the actual sounds, it really depends which kind of style of drumming you want to play. A jazz drummer would play tune differently than, than a hip hop drummer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's sort of part of the part of the decision making. Okay. <laughs> now in order that all this can happen you must have a real, real open-minded guru or teacher who guides you in this. And so I want to know a little bit more about Tal Yogi Pandit Suresh Talvalka. Now, of course, I've heard his name many times. He is Pandit, which means he comes from the Hindu tradition because all the, the, the Bakawaj players are Pandits and most of the Tabla players are Ustads, right? Which come of the... Um, Muslim tradition, isn't that true? I think tabla players, there's also a lot of pundits. I think okay. it's, it's, it's very, I think it's quite balanced. I think there's, there's a lot of both. So tell us a little bit about him and how you met him and uh, is, okay, now t- people listening to us today, let's say drummers, uh, do they need a guru? Do they need a teacher there in if they want to go a similar path like you? No, they don't need, I mean, there is, you know, n- nothing happens. You don't get thrown into the ocean and you're told swim or die. You know, everything happens a step at the, at the day, at the time. And this love that I have for, for Indian music and for my guru, it happened over many years and over mm-hmm. many experiences. And so I can really encourage everybody to, to check out Indian rhythm, even if this is something that an Indian musician wouldn't agree with because you don't go and check it out, but it's something that starts, engage yourself, learn something, mm-hmm. you know, even if you just learn one rhythm, that's fantastic. You know, you'll be richer by one rhythm. And if you learn five, you'll be richer by five. And if you manage to understand the different concepts, you are enriched by another concept, another way of looking at the world. So uh, this, I can really, you know, encourage everybody to just start and I think the times have changed also since I, because I started about 20, 23 years ago, makes me feel old. Um, but that time, you know, the world was different. The internet didn't exist. Zoom, we didn't have a pandemic where you can just go on Zoom and say, hey, you know, can we do five sessions? I've got 
this this much. Let's you know, things have changed. But of course, to answer your question, to to re there is a thing called Guru Shishya Parampara. Guru mm. is the master, Shishya is the student, and Parampara is tradition. And it's really the ancient way of learning in India, the Indian traditional way, which could be a little bit compared to a master sort of master-apprentice uh, relationship that maybe we used to have in the 15th century or the 17th century, you know, even in classical music, Western classical music, we have sort of lineages and and uh, and you had very particular styles and one master would represent a certain style, a certain, in India it's called Garana. Mm. Um, and that, yes, that only comes from a lot of time and really spending your life together. And with my with my guru, I've spent 23 years of my life, more than half my life. And uh, it's a really, it's a sort of an unconditional commitment towards each other, which is just beautiful, which is like uh, you have it with your father or your mother, you know, you you will be there all your life with them. And just, and, and that, yeah, that does maybe help you to, to go to other levels of you know, enjoyment and engagement. And I'm not saying understanding necessarily because I don't want to say that I understood more than others, but you engage in a different way, maybe in a more yeah. complete way. And I really appreciate your attitude that say, well, just if you can't go uh, and have a teacher, um, a guru, teacher relationship, you just check out Indian rhythm and see what the richness gives you, and even go to India. <laughs> that might even, you know, bring a completely new perception of the world, seeing uh, how what's possible in India, in a way. I've been 32 times in India, and it has really kind of, you know, changed my life very dramatically to the better. And really. do you go to one place usually you have a, or you always go to different places? No, I've been to every place most basically there's no every place but you know Calcutta I studied um, the Bakawaj then I turned to Bombay where Pandidatu Sheshwal was teaching me the Bakawaj then of course I was learning with Alaraka and where I met uh, Sakir and then of course we had this great relationship where we played together Amazing. and yeah, I then of that. course I went to Kerala and Tamil Nadu and all these places and you know they all give you something different but just being there you know Know, watching a katakali uh, performance, uh, even if you don't understand what's happening, changes something rhythmically in you. You know, yeah. so the, your whole attitude. Uh, I like very much these uh, uh, books that you built. Like you, you, you uh, wherever you are in Brazil, or so you you give something. You know, where it, it's a short introduction into Cantonese, for example. You know. And so people get curious maybe about and go there, you know. And, uh, if you're a drummer, if you're a musician, you cannot live without, you know, the nourishment of what's around you, you know. You cannot just play for yourself and grow. You have to have yeah. something very nice. And so now that is uh, the next thing we're going to, uh, in my opinion, that I really want to... Uh, show our listeners you are also a composer and there is Kismet a actually a composition my first question have you composed this alone or have you composed it together with Rakesh Charazia I composed it together with Rakesh Bai and he sort of gave me the melodic structure which we uh. wanted to keep really close to Indian rock 
so Indian raga music, classical, and then I did the orchestration, which obviously wow. is, you know, like the Western part. So here comes your piano training in the <laughs> young age, and yeah, I think it's very important because uh, I'm also composing for orchestras, and I think this is quite some unique uh, way of expressing music as well. So at this point, people are very curious again. Let's listen a little bit to Kismet and your beautiful dialogue in the end, actually. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Kismet, Bernhard Schimpelsberger with Rakish Charazia. Actually, who was the conductor and the orchestra? Um, that's Leslie Sundaranjanan, who is a Sri Lankan ah. conductor. I think he's at, in Salzburg at the moment. I think he's got a position there now. Because he seems also to know something about the music. Because if you have a normal conductor, I think that would be quite difficult. <laughs> It was a fantastic process because we had a week to work with the orchestra and we were in change a lot and, and, you know, every day we would sort of iron out things. So, so that it was, it was great for him to be able to learn something and to be open and to ask me, so what does it mean when you, okay, and where mm -hmm. does it come in and so on? Yeah. Beautiful. And uh, when I just checked out your whole work, you know, I came also to the, Circle of Sound, and this was really a treasure trove for me because Anushka Shanka, of course, I knew, but Nitin Sony and Sumiktata I didn't know before. So, and this is amazing. So, how did this come together, the Circle of Sound? That was really at the, so when I, after I finished my studies in India, you can say I was 25, then I moved to London. And I wanted to work with a lot of musicians and the, especially in that crossover with Indian music and other forms. And that's a great thing in London. You can do really classical and you can do jazz and rock and punk. And there I met Shomik Datta, who is a young Sarod virtuoso. So Sarod is the fretless lute instrument, classical. And we, we wanted to create sort of a different sound together and we wanted to use the percussion instead of tabla. So we started mm -hmm. off really classical. We played yeah. really Indian classical ragas together and I played the cajon and I had my drum kit. Um, and then over time we became a bit more contemporary and then we added strings and you know, how it goes. And uh, at that moment, uh, we invited Anushka Shankar and Nitin Sone yeah. because we had worked with them before in separate occasions. And we had a big launch concert in London at the Queen Elizabeth Hall and we said, it would be amazing if we could bring mm. them because they were on the album as well. Yeah, exactly. On the second album, they, they joined us for tracking. So. I was amazed when I heard the music, really deep music. And um, now let's go back to one thing for our young drummers. You know, now you are pian pianist, grown up, and people tell you, <laughs> at least I read this, oh, you're not so good pianist to use this percussion instrument. Now you went all of a sudden into the drums and then you went to India. There must have been a point where you were completely devastated. You were like questioning everything. And if there was this point, I would be so curious. How did you get out of it? What did you learn out of this moment? And what could you give our young drummers for from this moment mm. yeah i think the, the main thing really you know mentally is to not do it because you want to be famous or you want to arrive at a certain point but it's a journey it's your own journey of discovery and learning and i think you and i we both have the same aesthetic that we just love rhythm and we love to learn mm. and we don't think of ourselves as great we, we just we are students and on the one person that we both know very well, Saki Hussein, the, the, mm. probably the greatest master, you know, he always calls himself a student. And <laughs> if somebody like that can do that, you know, it should be a lesson for everybody else, you know. For the, so the point is that I think, you know, it's the journey that matters and the journey of mm -hmm. discovery and, and not really, you know, like a final product. And 
on in on on my journey there was moments of frustration and i mean one fu funny episode was that so when i was 15 or 16 i was playing with with all the musicians in Linz, and they were studying at the university and i was still in school and uh, so the all the university teachers knew me because i used to rehearse at the university and they said to me you know what when it would be great to have you which was a really nice gesture and then I went to India, you know, and I was very intense and I mm -hmm. built this little drum kit, like a small percussion drum kit. And when I came back after my second trip to India, I applied to go to the university and they said to me, you know what, you used to play better before. And I was thinking, <laughs> how is it possible? But sort of my realization was that when you go into some other place, you are in the middle of a, like a typhoon, you know, and the stuff takes time to settle. And maybe they were right, you know, I was playing very, maybe my, my playing wasn't balanced. Maybe I was playing very percussive. Maybe I wasn't doing what a drummer should be doing or what they expected a drummer to be doing. Maybe I was playing much more like a percussionist. So I think the one advice for the young students is don't throw it away, stick to it, you know, give it time. So if I had stopped there, mm. probably my style would have been a mess, but because I've kept focused and I, you know, it takes a long time. It's like digestion. You have to digest it. And that's where the long journey becomes very, you know, sort of rewarding because after a few years you feel like, ah, now I can work with this. Now it's not just notes that I've written, but actually I've got it inside now and I can use it. And then the liberty and the freedom comes to use it in other styles, not necessarily the way you were taught, but then to transfer it and to translate it. And it takes time. I would even say if you don't uh, encounter those moments that you described, you're not on the path. You're just on a linear trying to do something, you know. The path has to kind of be an earthquake inside of you that brings you to another level, you know. Like when I was going out of uh, piano and I was pretty good and I was uh, learning with Gulda and so everyone said, well, you should proceed with that. And then I was tabla and percussion. It was a complete mess. I don't know if I'm a tabla player, piano player. And I had to go through this uh, very, very uneasy, you know, moment where everyone said, ah, you are just a white guy from Vienna. What, what do you want to do with drums and blah, blah, blah. And out of that came actually uh, Takatena, you know, the, the system I developed over time. And uh, one important moment was the Talbadia Utsav. I don't know if you've heard about this. This was an Indian festival where the Indian government invited everyone. And that's where I actually met for the first time also Trilog. And yeah, I know that. Was it in Bombay? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. I think I have seen a video of that. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. <laughs> okay, but was yeah. that around like uh, early 90s? No, it was earlier. It must have way earlier. It was in the 80s. Okay, brilliant. I think we're talking about the same thing, yeah. Okay, and, yeah. And, and, and in, the, in the same one, Sakibai also played, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah. Babatunde Olatunji was there, and all the drummers from yeah. different, I mean, Chinese drummers, Korean drummers, they invited everyone there too. And then this was the moment where I said, well, um, in the performance, Bali and China and Korea, this was so absolutely brilliant and together. Mm. And in the evening, we were in a hotel, then they tried to play together and it didn't really come together because the grammar, you know, didn't really function and so on. Yeah. This was the start for me to create megadrums uh, where I brought mm. in people like from Africa and Korea together. Amazing, yeah. And now 
Yeah. So we have a pretty similar, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, that, maybe maybe I could add one thought, and maybe that's something yeah. also relates to you with Takatina, you know. And in this moment of the pandemic and everything, I think pain, pain is is is, is useful. I mean, it's helpful. It's pain, change. Put it that way. Change is painful. Like even a small child, you know, when it grows and the bones, and then there's pain. And and the same thing happens also spiritually and musically. That mm. when you are sort of putting yourself out there against something strong, something different, you're gonna encounter all your inner demons of resistance and so on, and also some sort of pain and when you work through it the healing puts you on another level absolutely i feel this is such important message you know because especially before the pandemic everything was so easy like facebook and twitter and uh, instagram people were just you know doing random things and now as the crisis comes in people are challenged to see what is my life about is mm. it just about you know getting more followers or um and you know also when i was starting music we had something called the schnürsenkel which was just one small tape and you had to play and if it was wrong you had to play it again because cutting it was impossible you know so you had a very different attitude to what you have today oh let's do it like this and tune it up, cut it out. And so I'm not saying this is the better times or these are the worst times, but I, mentioning just what you said is so important. If you do not hit some resistance, if you don't engage into pain, not that pain in itself is good, but you go through that, you won't grow. As you say, even with bones and so with the body, it's a cross process for sure. Yeah. And so you certainly have done this. And we are going now to your recent uh, video production, which is called Segeria. And is this refer a reference to the flamenco style? Yeah, that's right. Ah, okay. And is it also inspired from your collaboration with Israel Galvan, this very legend of flamenco dancer. Exactly. That was one of sort of the main pieces of that production that I did with Israel and Akram Khan, the dancer. And I was fascinated by that kind of, by the, by the palmas and the time cycle, because the time yeah. cycle sort of brings me a little bit towards Indian aesthetic in terms of the cyclic nature, but then the kind of clave concept of boom, this subdivision that's pulsing yeah. through, you know, is what what I love to relate more to the African, you know, yeah, sort of yeah. rhythmic tradition. You've got a clave and you can play in and you can play out. And so it's something that, I don't know, for me, I can't put it into words yet, but maybe it's one of those things that you can approach from different perspectives. Yeah, I watched, uh, I watched Galvan dancing yesterday on the video. It's just, out of this world, the expression he brings on the stage, like, whoa, that's from another world. You know, I've seen quite some flamenco, but this is, wow, this yeah. is an explosion. Now, you have done this production with a filmmaker, and he's from Brazil? That's right. Wow. And you did it in Brazil, or? No, in London. In London, oh, I see. Yeah. Very beautiful thing, and so I think that's the moment to watch that now.
Bernard Schimpelsberger, the giddy. Now my question here comes, uh, the films you play in, is this something the dancer would, in the same way, you know, make his uh, films? Because they have also these films, like, it's amazing. Is this uh, inspired by this, or? I have to be honest with you, not yet. Um, <laughs> I would love to say yes, but um, uh, not yet. I mean, I'm doing a lot of things, you know, at the same yeah. time, and I'm I'm sort of working the rhythmic material uh, in that I can imagine at this point, but I would love to be a bit more literal about those those phrases and the and the solos and and um, yeah, they are fantastic. But they that was something when we worked with Israel, it was just like we were like, oh my god, we couldn't understand. I mean, it takes time, but they are so surprising. You know, the way they end, they end on the offbeat just before yeah. or after, and it's just every time it's just. It takes you by surprise. So I would love to work that in. Maybe that will be the the next version of it. And actually, what we will do uh, when you the people you worked with are so amazing. So we will in the description on the podcast side we'll put their names and having links to their videos so people can check them out because yeah. you have to really see that you know to get that feeling. Oh yeah, this is the uh, the Palmas and you know the breaks. Uh, for me, it's yeah. pretty much yeah. I, I was aha. This is the the figuration he dances. But if we talk in another the year i'll definitely take that as an input from you you know to work in wonderful things in there <laughs> wonderful yeah we've given a lot of information and advice also to the young uh, uh drummers coming up but i want finally to hear from you uh drum or let's say rhythm is a world language that's something you and i share right would Engage in drumming be a way of learning communication on a new level for everyone out there. The drum as a the drum as an expression of rhythm, I would say yes. Not necessarily yeah. the a specific drum, but yeah, rhythm as a sense of how we organize our time, how we experience our time, and uh, the inclusiveness of rhythm. Um, you know, when you have, you know, you can have the most complex rhythm and stuff going on, but you can just have somebody stop by and go th and do that. And that's exactly that's that's communication. You know, you're sharing the same thing. You are you have you're not part of a community like you are. You know, it's, it's like being human, like you sort of I don't want to go off too far, but you acknowledge, you know what? We're the same. It's the same thing on different levels, whether you can speak one word of French or whether you can be a poet in the French language, it doesn't matter. You're still part of that same experience. And, and I think rhythm, rhythm does that. And also when, when you talk about, with your concept with Takatina about the physical experience, I mean, that's a whole nother level. That's something that I want to learn from you about, you know? So I'm not, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not able to tell you you know, uh, something very concrete about that. But I mean, you're the man for that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I really appreciate what you say because um, people say, yeah, only if I can play this and this on this drum. No, if you're just passing by and moving along with your playing, you're part of it, you're an integral part of it. And you're opening yourself up to the most profound force in life, which is rhythm, of course. 
And so, you know, it was a big, big pleasure to finally meet you because you're kind of a brother in mind. You, we have a very similar background and Austrians doing rhythm. I mean, at, when I grew up, you know, you were doing what? Drums from Austria? <laughs> you know, this was like... Uh, Shouldn't you be playing violin or piano? That was the thing. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. so uh, any final thing you want to share with us? Uh, yes, I would like to thank you for inviting me into this beautiful series. After your initial invitation, I went and I checked out a lot of the podcasts and I, I met, I learned about new people and their work. Um, and I'd like to thank you to take the time to tell the story of other people and to talk about rhythm and to, to listen to music and Yeah, I wish you all the best and continue, stay healthy and well and continue <laughs> to spread the gospel of rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And so finally, we want to know where can people find you? On the net or how do you... On the net. The YouTube is a good channel. I have a lot of work on YouTube um, with my name or on my website, which is bernard.co.at. But Google will tell you everything. Mm. And as I said already, this is such an amazing episode with so many people around, you know, Bernhard. And we'll put the links and the names of these people uh, in the description of the podcast. And you should check them out because it's really a treasure trove. So if you like uh, what you heard and if you like what we do, go to www.powerofrhythm.com forward slash podcast and leave a remark tell us whom else you want to hear and for now have a great day and keep on growing